0: Life Audio.
1: This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations.
2: We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home.
1: Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer.
2: Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student.
1: For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next.
0: Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the daily family conversation starter by bestselling author Katie Clemens. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold.
1: This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today,
2: we are going to talk about extended learning how to homeschool after high school. You may think, okay. <laughs> What does that mean? Well, Stephanie Buckwalter is a repeat guest. Um, She's been on this show many times and I'm excited to have her back. Stephanie is a curriculum developer and the creator of the eLARP method of homeschooling for students who are two or more years behind grade level in several core subjects or simply stuck in perpetual kindergarten. She believes that the first step to homeschooling a special needs child is to assume t- intelligence. Once you realize there is more going on intellectually than your child can express. It opens a whole new world of learning. Her family of five children has done homeschooling, private school, public school, including the IEP process. In addition to homeschooling for over 18 years, Stephanie has taught classes locally and online and Help start a robotics club, a classical education co-op, and a special needs homeschool co-op. Her heart is to use her unique experience to help others experience success in teaching their unique learners. Welcome, Stephanie, back to the show.
3: Hi, Peggy. Thank you. thank you for having me.
2: Absolutely. And I love the topic that we're hitting on because it, we're kind of hitting that mid-year point. And I know a lot of parents, you know, when you're homeschooling high school, you've got that senior and you're like, I don't think we even have a clue where we're going next. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being there. Um and so maybe to give some encouragement some ideas and Stephanie is very practical, I'll just let you know ahead of time. Um she's got some great ideas on on how to um to think through the process, things that you can do. So if you have a student who um who is kind of transitioning out of high school and you're going You know, we've been homeschooling, but not sure where it's going after that. Um, We're going to talk about that today and just some options that you have that Stephanie wants you to consider, maybe out of the box types of things that you could do after high school that um, maybe aren't as traditional but yet will still extend and have your student keep learning um, through that process. Um, and if you're joining us live, I see there's um, some of you mm-hmm. on already. Just know that you can put com- your comments and questions in the feed. Um, we're live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, as well as Twitter. So just um, feel free to, to pop on and and. Let us know where you're from, um, what questions you might have, what's your situation. Um, we'd love to be able to discuss that with you if you're willing to share. So, Stephanie, to get us started, um, I know I read a little bit of your bio, but if you could just share um, anything that you think is pertinent um, as far as your family, your homeschooling, and and this subject specifically, you know, just what kind of um, just gets you motivated to, to work on the subject. And I know your daughter probably is a lot behind that.
3: Yes. I have uh, five children and one of them has very mild. um, He was a struggling learner. Mm -hmm. And so he's the one that I actually designed the course that I'm going to be talking about today for. He's in his twenties right now. And we're working through this very process. And then, Uh, my daughter is moderate intellectual disability and she is getting ready to graduate soon. So yeah. I've got her coming up behind me. So I'm working this idea from two different angles, both the yeah. mild angle and the moderate angle. And what I call is one child who has the potential to be independent on his own and the other one who will likely be independent at home.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm, I'm glad that you come from both those perspectives because we have, we have such a a wide spectrum of um, issues that the parents in our community deal with. And so sometimes they're like, Oh, you know, that's just not for me, but just um, hold tight. If you've got any student with any type of struggle. And I found that even though I graduated student thought that, you know, we had done everything prepared him for, we're revisiting that again. Um, And, and so there's, I think, always to have something like this in our toolbox to know that, you know, the world is just a hard place for young people. And, um, and so that to know that we can have some ways to help equip them through this process, even after they've launched. Um, But it's always good to prepare ahead of time if you can.
3: (laughs) Yes. And, uh, and this can happen at any time, because they may be going down a path and that path kind of peters out and doesn't work. So you can always pick up with this.
2: And yeah, we like always this. wish that it would work out the first time, but doesn't always. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I changed my major in college five times, so I know that you don't you don't always finish where you started.
2: Right, exactly. You know that that's really kind of a good um, topic to get started on is those areas of interest. Maybe we have a student who has lots of areas of interest, or um, maybe we're not sure if their area of interest. Is going to lead anywhere, or could absolutely lead where anywhere? How would you suggest a parent start working with their student to kind of figure out areas of interest, but then also areas of interest that may turn into potentially jobs, areas of study, um, those types of things? So, looking at it
3: from both I'll speak first to the to the person who's likely to be independent being able to okay. go into the workforce yeah. whether they live at home or not but able to function a little bit higher in society than mm-hmm. others and for that person if they have any current interest even if they seem odd <laughs> try to yeah. keep it. I totally um, agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> even if they seem odd, there's probably something that they can do with it. Yeah, my the program that I developed was for videography. I mean, that's not weird, but my son, he to this day still says he doesn't know what he wants to do. So I ended up picking the program for him Ah. because he couldn't do it when he was. A lot of times our kids have a problem envisioning the future. They just Ah. can't do it. And if you ask, they'll because you'll hear questions like, well, what do you do after high school? What's it like? You know, what is life like after high school? What am I supposed to do with my time? They can't imagine a future and they can't plan a future. So this is kind of what this is for to help you help them. And when they're choosing, you're choosing a field of interest and through the whole process, involve your child as much as you can, because that's where we're going to talk about this later, but that's where the motivation is going to come from. If I Mm. do this all myself (laughs) It would fail because motivating an adult child to do anything once they don't have to do it anymore, like school, can be a big issue. And for the more moderate kids with moderate struggles, moderate uh, intellectual disabilities or struggles, you we'll do more of this yourself, but you still want to involve them as much as possible. And you want to look at their interest, what they do. For example, my son, the reason I chose videography is Mm -hmm. because way back middle school, late or early high school, he started a YouTube channel and he's changed the name of it several times and Mm -hmm. changed what's on it. But whatever his current interest is, that's what he's videoing about. And before that, he liked photography. So that was uh, so That's kind of why we chose for him. My daughter, on the other hand, she will probably not be in the workplace, at least not full-time. And her interest, she's nonverbal, so it's very hard to tell what's going on. Right, yeah. And she was, for a long time, caught in those perpetual ABCs, one, two, threes, perpetual kindergarten. So we're pulling her out of that. But she's always been interested in fashion. Hmm. She loves taking dolls, dressing them, and even... And then after we, she she realized you can change dolls like four or five times a day, she started wow. ch- trying to change her own clothes four or five times a day. And she can't oh, wow. completely dress herself. So sometimes she'll come out of her room and I'm like, whoa, go back! Here. We need to know, you know, there, there are males in the house. Get back in the room. Yeah. Uh, so for her, it would be something along the lines of fashion and yeah. fashion. She likes color, fashion, all those things. So that's how I'm choosing their interest like looking at what they already know you can also do things right. i know kathy coke has written the book on the eight great smarts mm-hmm. that is very helpful because the smarts are good for not only direction in life and she does a really excellent job explaining it and how to apply it in your child's life it's written for um, kind of the homeschool market the special needs market in yeah. some ways and um I forgot what I was saying. I got distracted by that, but she, Oh, the eight great smarts, but they're also good for leisure activities because, or for stress reducers, because I found after I learned about the eight great smarts, I found that when I'm stressed, I naturally retreat into my smarts. For example, uh-huh. I like I'm word smart. So I like to read. So when that's how I relax is with a book or I'm nature smart. I like taking a walk. I like being outdoors, I like being in nature. So those the smarts can give you clues to a lot of things, not just the future. It's really good for future. So in that sense, if your child, if you notice what your child does when they're stressed, how do they pull back to relax? That's also a mm-hmm. clue as to A what their smarts are and B something they might be interested in developing.
0: Oh, that's a great point.
2: After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation.
0: Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by bestselling author Katie Clemens. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today wherever books are sold. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, Social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org/slash impact.
1: This is empowering homeschool conversations provided by SPED Homeschool go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home.
2: Your child may be good at a lot of things and then it's hard to to deduce. Um, but I love I love what you said about where do they retreat because that is like that inborn like peace that we have when we do things and don't you want that? You know, for your child and to have them in a place where they can they can show their gifts, but yet not be stressed. Um, and I think that's what we all yearn for in in our lifelong work is to do something that that really is fulfilling and peaceful. But but yeah, yeah. I mean, Making sometimes you don't want to you, know, you want to <laughs> leave your
3: activities so that you can get away from all the work. Right. But mm-hmm. if your if your child is stressed, you know, suffers from anxiety or those kind of things, yeah. working within that area of retreat is actually what you talked about is giving you that piece as you're working
2: Mm, and you'll always mm -hmm.
3: love it. You'll always love what you do.
2: Right. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) So, So um, yeah. Yeah. So you you kind of approach that from, from both sides and, um,
3: and so, yeah. Anything else on that? Um, No. So that's pretty much the first step is figure out their field of interest. And if they have several fields of interest, pick one, let them pick one, preferably Mm -hmm. let them pick one and start down that path. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. They're basically changing their major, which is no big deal. If you've you've been through that process yourself, you know that changing a major is you don't really lose, especially in the early parts, you don't lose anything. You're always adding to your child. So don't feel like if you spent two or three years studying something and it doesn't pan out. That's not Mm -hmm. lost. I don't think God wastes anything.
2: (laughs) No, absolutely not. No, I, um, my oldest went and got a welding certificate first and then decided to go to college after that. And he's like, I wasted this whole year. And I said, No, not really. I'm like, How many engineers actually know how to construct something? (laughs) Because that is a huge bonus. Um, and really, employers did see that after he graduated too. Um, so yes, there's there's never anything lost. There's always something that you learn through every single process. Even if the process takes your child down a road that is less than what you would have desired for them. You know, they we learn through the hard stuff, too. Well,
3: <laughs> it's <that's> all like, <laughs> Yeah. That's what happened to me. I my first major was computer science. And mm. I flunked programming twice and calculus twice, so I knew wow. I could not. And I was paying for this myself, so no, one, I was wow. like burning money on these classes that I couldn't pass. But when I graduated with a degree in, believe it or not, literary studies, oh. that was number five <laughs> degree number, major number five, literary studies. Um, my first job was an R and D or research and development place for computers, and my second one was an uh, information technology, one of these big companies. It was yeah. Pro Systems at the time. And, or uh, it's similar to like Dell or IBM or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I became a technical writer and because, even though I flunked those programming classes <laughs> twice, <laughs> because I understood programming and what it meant, I was right. able to be a really good technical writer because I could understand what the programmers were sending me and then twist mm-hmm. it around to put it out there from the user perspective from the literary studies part of it. So yes. it was really... Uh, So that didn't go to waste, even though I didn't even pass it. So don't disparage your child that seems to flunk whatever it is you're working on. It's not wasted.
2: Yeah, that's good encouragement. I love that. So after that step, what what would come next?
3: So for a child who you're trying to prepare for the workforce, you'd want to start gathering job posting. So you go to some place, the easiest place to do this is indeed.com, I-N-D-E-E-D.com. And it's a, I believe, several job posting sites feed into that one. So it's not just, you know, one place. So you're getting job postings from a lot of different places in one place. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I went there and I started looking at job postings for videographers. And I had no idea what I was going to find because that's not my area (laughs) of interest or specialty. I have no knowledge of this. So that's also an encouragement for you. Even if you have no Mm -hmm. knowledge, you can get that knowledge. So I looked at and I also looked at several. So I looked at job postings. And I also looked in several geographical areas because my ah. son has indicated that he doesn't want to live where his parents are <laughs> once he's on his own. He wants to okay. be okay. He wants to like strike out on his own. So I looked at mm-hmm. different geographical areas. Um. And so I was honoring his, you know, requests, right? <laughs> whether I want them or not, right? And I wanted to see. And <laughs> I was looking specifically at pay and job opportunities. So that I could see if this was going to be uh, something you can actually make a living at, right? So that was that was pretty much you know step two. So you gather the right. job postings, and then once I did that, I started highlighting the pertinent information in the job postings. Okay. And in the case of videography, I was looking specifically at skills, and I immediately noticed that many of the posted postings mentioned specific equipment that you needed to know. And oh, I further okay. noticed there are many areas you could specialize in. Hmm. The other thing you want to look for, for any field you're going into are their certifications because right. my okay. husband works in I T and mm-hmm. once you're in I T, it's all about the certifications and they want you to be certified in this software because technology is changing so fast. Right. If you have a certification, it means that you're up on whatever's current mm-hmm. and it's easier to get jobs. So even if you don't have a degree to plan, a degree plan, if there's a certification that can go with, like if you see those mentioned in the job postings, make a note of those. Right. Huh. And that also leads credence to your experience as mm-hmm. you're going through. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. let me see if there's anything else. Oh, on the other one. So gather job postings. Now, if you have a child who's not uh, going into the uh, workforce, right, they're going to be kind of independent at home. hmm My focus for my daughter is going to be uh, twofold. A hobby. She likes crafts. She likes working with her Hmm. hands a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, She likes working with nature. So a hobby craft type thing for her. And instead of job postings, although I could look at, you know, craft websites and things like that. And I also want her to develop a heart for service. Yes, to others. Mm. And so I'm looking for places that we can serve together. And then I can step back and she can continue to serve. So I'm looking at opportunities like that. And that kind of comes in later on for the other people, which is hands on opportunities. But that's the very last step.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. Because I yeah, and I remember, you know, my, my son after graduating from college looking through all those Indeed ads and he's like, nope. You know, we'd send my husband and I would be on email alert whenever something new came up. You know, all of us got alerts and we'd all kind of dig through them. And, you know, and it was kind of crazy just the amount of, you know, experience or, you know, certifications and all of these things. And and how good to be that prepared ahead of the game versus, you know, when you're looking at it, going, "Oh, no, that doesn't work. This doesn't work," um, and and so I love that idea of of getting on there ahead of time and kind of knowing what what to expect that you're going to run into when you are trying to find work after you've gone through this process of learning.
3: Yeah, and you'll start to see patterns of what people are mm-hmm. asking for. So you know, make right. sure you know those things, and you. Get an idea. Also, it can start weeding out things that you don't want to do.
2: Right. Exactly. Because, yes, and we've had this talk with our kids, too, is that if you get experience in an area <laughs> that you don't want to be in for a long time, you may be pigeonholed hold in that area. And so be very careful, you know, even the kind of jobs that you do accept. Because my, my son was uh, graduated in biomedical engineering, and it's like, you know, whatever field of medicine you start working in, you, you're probably going to continue down that pathway um, because the technology in, in medical devices is so broad. And so if you specialize in one area, you're, you're going to pretty much stay in that area because that's the area where I was in. I worked with pacemakers my entire career in the medical device industry. And so, yeah, so he's doing 3D printing and loves it.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, 3D
2: printing in titanium. It's pretty cool.
3: (laughs) That's another thing. When I was at the homeschool conference in Colorado, there was Mm -hmm. a group there set up and they did 3D printing. And it was another thing that you can look at homeschool conferences for ideas. There are people out there touting jobs after high school or Mm -hmm. see what they're doing. But the 3D printing and it was a young man, there was a young man there who was interested in, He got interested in that and then he went on to major in related subjects too when he was later. So homeschool conferences, if you can go to those, if you have opportunity or a good place to look for that in the vendor hall, just look around and see who's there.
2: Right. And they may have some resources for you to, to use even when your student is younger too. like the software part of that is usually, or like a maker's lab where you can go to if you don't want to buy the 3d printer yourself. So there's a lot of different, different things available.
3: Our local, local library there. has a maker's lab.
2: Oh, yes. And a lot of them are your, doing that now.
3: Mm-hmm. Check your library for a maker's lab. And the other thing is you can't go to homeschool conferences. <clears throat> I'm on the one of the Texas homeschool conferences, THSC. THSC, that? yeah. Mm-hmm. They are putting all their vendors online, ah. I think, before the conference. And you can even be a vendor online without going to their vendor hall.
1: But oh, that, I think cool.
3: that's something new this year that yeah. with adding people. So they sort the vendor hall, but from now, I think they already have them now. They're letting them put their information up there. So if you can't go to a conference, check okay. out the vendor hall at the THSC.com, right. I guess. Mm-hmm. Texas Homes. What is it? Dot org.
2: It's, it's dot org. THSC.org. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. For uh, to look at vendors and what they're doing and what they're putting out there. But anyway, yeah. um, so we're kind of focusing like on the college aspect and going like that. But there are when you get your list of when you're looking at things you're you know tailor it to your child if your child's not going to be in college because we're kind of talking about people who aren't going to college that you're just think of what they need and try to visualize what their job would be like from just reading through a bunch of job descriptions
2: yeah yeah that's a great idea because i i think it's it's fun to do something as a hobby, but how do you turn that hobby into more of a full time work? And is this something I want to be doing that long? You know.
3: <laughs> well, it's interesting because step four is complete a list of skills, tools, and possible areas of specialization. So mm-hmm. let me see. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pull it up and read it. So this was a list I came up of things to know in videography. Okay. And I had to look some of these up because I don't know. What they, I didn't know what they were. Oh, OK. B- yeah. That's B-roll worse. footage. Yeah, you know, They wanted people oh. to be able to do B-roll footage. And I had to look that up. And that means for those who are not in the know, it's the whenever you're doing news story, they kind of cut to a scene to like place you where you're at. Or if it's uh, yes. you know they're talking about a flood and they're transitioning between talking about one thing or talking to another person, they'll show something. That's your B-roll. So that's not the A-roll of what you're you know, you're talking to people during a <laughs> newscast they have they want B-roll footage so they want you to be familiar with that and be gathering that as you're doing that so that's Got something it. to know about creating a shots list directing producing script writing post production sound recording set up tear down and carry equipment and mm-hmm. that is actually the job of the videographer that's not a separate person unless you're on a big mm-hmm. Wow, um, you know, they like kind of have to be their own roadie. So to right, speak. exactly. <laughs> so that's a good thing to know. You have to mm-hmm. know all that stuff: how to maintain the equipment, live feed recording and broadcasting. And these are also you can specialize. I realize with all this, you can specialize in some of these areas: editing film, inserting mm-hmm. closed captions, graphics, on-screen elements, computer graphics, and special effects, animations, lightings, event logistics. Yeah. For if you are Uh, videographer, my son just got married a couple of weekends ago and Mm -hmm. the, they didn't have a videographer, they had photographers. And so they had to know the logistics of the event so that they would be at the right place at the right time to get the pictures, uh, positioning the equipment. So if you're working with cameras, you got to know how to place them, especially on large scale, Uh, Web video codex, which is about compression, and that's actually a certificate. You can get yeah. a certification in that. Wow. Color correction, audio video transcoding, mm-hmm. video storytelling, uh, studio work, outdoor events and positions, planning and organizing. They want you to be detail oriented. And I actually have a list of these and then a little paragraph that I took out that explains exactly what they were looking for. Set layout, production. I'm, st- I'm going on and on, but. Uh-huh audio narration production, project planning, creative design, film editing, film distribution, production, lighting, and staging. I mean, with Hmm. videography, there was this... So the good news is, when I looked at all of that... uh, Just a minute, let me see. I want to... There we go. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not jumping ahead. The... The thing about it is with all of these different areas that you can work in, mm-hmm. first of all, that's really good. But the second thing is with the advent of the Internet and video being so popular, yes, you can make a living as a oh, videographer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The job postings were for like if you do you're a wedding videographer. Mm hmm. Um, it's like eight hundred dollars, four hundred to eight hundred dollars an event, depending on which company and what location geographically it was. Yeah. I mean, that's just one day's work. So you could do that, you know, a few weekends, you know, every weekend during wedding season, and then some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you can you can specialize in something like that, and then you just have to learn wedding big videography. You don't have to learn post production, pre production, lighting, staging, you know, all that stuff. exactly. Yeah, so you can specialize, and it's um, and then. The other places I thought were interesting that hire videographers, mm-hmm. real estate agents. Because they, yes. the uh-huh. they want you to video the homes. And they want also be able to do the photography. So you do photographs and it was <clears throat> like a hundred dollars for per home hmm. and you know however long it took you. Right. They're lawyers. And I guess they huh. went to video depositions or video whatever his lawyers do. Um, So a lawyer's office, this was actually in Austin, that was looking for a videographer and Hmm. government agencies want videographers on staff, especially the ones that are like the State Department and they want them for making promotional videos for the public, a lot of these government agencies. Mm -hmm. So it, it was just crazy. And those, even the government jobs were paying Sixty, seventy, eighty, hundred thousand dollars a year with experience. That's not just starting exactly. But Mm -hmm. so these were this. So videography is something you can make a living wage at. So I was very thrilled to see that. So that's one of the things you kind of want to check is you know it's a big enough field. Actually, doesn't really have to be a big field because okay, I'll tell you about another job. My daughter in law's father, his career was adjusting the compasses on ships that was his whole job he said he he would um in repair Mm -hmm. and he did that for years and he was one of only like eight people in the United States who had that job wow and he his specialty and it always had to be updated because the magnetic north is always shifting. And every time magnetic oh. north shifts, the ships have to recalibrate their compasses or they're off course. <laughs> you know, you hmm. start out for France and you end up in Africa.
2: So, That's
3: the analogy there. Uh, so you uh, so it's fascinating. So it doesn't really have to be a large field like I was talking about. It can just be a really tiny field, but it should be something that they're interested in and that they can potentially learn and do right. Yeah. And it's, for, yeah. And for the, yeah. the independent at home, some mm-hmm. of these things may be working on are just life skills. And Absolutely. so you could be your two year, two to four year program could be working on life skills. And the reason you want to do that is because you want your child to be as independent as possible for two reasons. Yeah. One is, we were created to be independent. We were created for, you know, for relationship, but we were also created to exercise free will and yeah. to uh, be productive, to give back to society and all that stuff. Right. Independence, and the other thing I want to mention about independence is it takes thinking skills mm-hmm. because you have to be able to reason through a process to be independent. But yeah. the biggest thing about helping your child be as independent as possible because the more independent they are, the more free time you have. <laughs> that, you know, we all want more of that. <laughs> so once your child is out from under the government regulations of public school of, you know, mm, you know age right. 18, their mandatory mm-hmm. attendance in school till yes. 18. So once they're out under that, this is your time to create the program that you want. Doing exactly what is right for your child, you don't have to worry about academics. You don't have to report it to anyone. Yes. You're just mm-hmm. doing it for your child, for your child's sake, and hopefully, in some states, you can do that, you know, as early as you want. But other states, it's just very freeing mm-hmm. <laughs> to get out. Absolutely. I'm, I'm approaching that, and it's very freeing to think about. I don't have to worry about, you know any of those requirements I can do it the way I want to using whatever I want and how I want to. So -hmm. that's my encouragement for the kids who even if they just need life skills because if they're going to be independent at home with you for the rest of their lives, don't be discouraged. Spend that time just just as if someone goes to college for four years after high school to Mm -hmm. really zero in on a career and then they start a career. Because even in the trades, the welding program you mentioned is like a two-year, a three-year apprenticeship program. An electrician mm-hmm. to be a journeyman is a five-year apprenticeship yeah. program. So you should expect your child to need an additional several years yes. to be truly independent, whether mm-hmm. that's financially or at home. So don't be afraid. <laughs> don't, mm-hmm. don't think, that, oh, this is the rest of my life. Whatever you see in high school, right. Right, that's it. That's not true because you've mm-hmm. still got years if you would like to continue yeah. that process transition to adulthood.
2: Yeah, it's nice to know that there's that freedom that you can wait until after high school to kind of transition into this. Well, let's let's start working on your your interests, you know, we've we've gotten far as we needed to following all the state requirements. And yet if you have a child who's gifted like my my youngest, who we kind of extended her schooling while she was in high school because we had nothing better to do with her (laughs) because she had kind of had that gifted um, bent and it was like, well, I don't want to just keep advancing you. You need to figure out what you're going to do. So we kind of paired what you talked about with her high school, just a challenger. Um, but every student's different and it's nice to know you have that freedom to either do it in combination or do it in progression and wherever they need it and and not feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm doing too much. Um, it can all be based on the st- Student and what they need to be prepared, and like I said, however long doesn't.
3: Yeah, age thirty, you know, the late bloomer. Yes, and if exactly. The thing I was going <laughs> to mention here is if you have a child who is way behind the curve, on mm-hmm. uh, like two or more years behind in there, which is my specialty, behind grade level, you can kind of calculate. The older they are, the easiest this is. Easier this is. You can kind of calculate where they'll be at graduation or even four years after graduation. If your child example, my daughter, she mm-hmm. is she has been tracking, at least on her interest level, not academically, but interest level, uh-huh. exactly half her physical age is her neurological oh. age and her interest. Hmm. So right now she's into dolls and Barbies and things like mm-hmm. that, and that's about half her age. And it has changed. But, you know, like Dora the Explorer lasted six years.
2: Wow. <laughs> and Spongebob
3: was only two, thankfully, because she used to scream like Spongebob. I didn't realize how oh, much wow. Spongebob screamed, especially in the early episodes, seasons, the first oh. two seasons, until she started watching, she started screaming all the time, like, what is going on? And it was Spongebob not don't, don't let your kid watch Spongebob if they scream. <laughs> but the, um, so you can kind of calculate so I right. think, well, if she, yeah. so when she's going to be 30, you know, she'll be like high school level, 40, she might actually be college ready, <laughs> you know, things like that. Right. And it's kind of hard to think about that you know, think about oh, my child she's you know, so far behind, but mm-hmm. that's just who they are. That's exactly that's how God made them and that's how they're going to be unless some, um, something dramatically changes, but if they've been steadily growing and not regressing, then you have kind of a roadmap to use to plan the future. So don't shy, back, don't shy away from that. Calculate yeah. that number.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we have one viewer that's watching um, on YouTube has made some comments and asked um, a, about tips for adults who want to do like independent learning at home by themselves. Um, I would say... I'm I'm guessing, you know, just like you did, go to Indeed, figure out just job listings and, and things and kind of go from there themselves and figure out, you know, their area of interest. And I mean, there's so many free even um, like courses out there that you can take college courses um, that you won't get credit for, but you can you can definitely learn. Actually, we're getting I know to there's that just in step seven. so many resources. Okay, so let's. <laughs> I won't get ahead of you, but um, I think we're going to talk about schedules next and planning. Is that correct?
3: Um, yes. So, yeah, so the step after this one is the one we were talking about. Okay, so, but schedules are realistic.
2: good because we kind of have to know what we're going to do.
3: <laughs> so, the next step, and this is kind of the same thing you would do as you're planning on a school year, create a yeah. realistic yearly calendar. For my son, I'm giving him, depending on where the holidays fall, five to seven-week stretch to do a course and then a week off and then another five to seven-week. And then oh, uh-huh. I think in the summer, there's two-week stretches and then around the Christmas holidays, there's another two weeks off. But yeah. the rest of that, it's year-round school. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if, I'm afraid if we take a break, it would never keep going. So having that right. week off. And the other thing is... I'm running it more like a college course, which actually our local community college, not only do they have semesters and quarters, they have even shorter courses now. Oh and yeah. You can take a awesome. four week course and it's an intensive for that amount right. of time. And I have found that working intensively on a subject instead of, you know, slogging through it is really, really helpful, especially for huh. my son, but also for yeah. my daughter. So don't, don't try to stick to semesters. That's my my advice. Yeah, is that don't that's a good don't point. try to do semesters in this program. Do a mm-hmm. few weeks on, one week off. few weeks on, one week off. And finish a course. And then when we go into this next, uh, the next step is to find, to um, lay out a two to four year plan of study to fit your child's needs. And that's where you go on and find the courses that you want. And if your yeah. child wants to do them alone, wants to do self-study, this is perfect. Because what you're doing here is you're laying out a scope and sequence that lasts yeah. two to four years. That's really mm-hmm. all you're doing. So if you're familiar, and if right. you're not familiar with scope and sequence, open any book that you have for teaching. And the table of contents is right there. That's your scope and sequence. So ah, yeah, a- table advice. of contents for your kids mm-hmm. uh, after high school experience. And the places to find courses are—I found several that are decent. You're, if you want a college-level course, and you can actually get a certificate of completion if you pay for it; if not, it's free. It's right. called Coursera. Yes, C-O- course. R a so it's yeah. dot com course Coursera, and I've actually taken a course on there. I didn't do it for credit, but I mm-hmm. took gamification. It was Ah. fascinating, but, and then they're taught at the college level. And if you're not paying for it, your projects are peer reviewed. So you have to review other students work or your child would, Hmm. and then they review his or hers. Okay. So that one's, that one's the highest level. That's going to be the highest level. There are other things like that too. I don't know the names of them, but that's the one I'm Mm -hmm. familiar with, but, uh, all the big universities Mm. submit classes and a few foreign universities. Yeah. The the best place I the best two places I found are um Skillshare.com. Hmm. Actually there are three. There are three you can go to look for courses. Skillshare.com and they have an, an annual membership. So you can pay these next three places you can pay for individual courses or you can get a membership, <laughs> which is extremely cheap, and you can take as many classes hmm. as you want. So it's like a hundred and something dollars for the membership. Oh wow. Or you can pay, really you know, forty dollars per class. Mm-hmm. have the, the membership uh, skillshare.com it used there was something that used to be called lynda.com l-y-n-d-a.com that had a bunch of it, it was mostly that. like business classes like i started out kind of doing like microsoft office and things like that okay. but expanded yeah. into all kinds of things and mm-hmm. that company was purchased by linkedin so now i think oh. it's called linkedin learning You'll have to oh, I think I've seen again. that recently. Yes. So LinkedIn, mm-hmm. they bought Lynda.com. So it's a okay. so they have a boatload of courses already in there, um, and they're relatively inexpensive. And I can't for the life of me think of the third one.
2: Hmm. Um, well, you can so, send it to me, and we'll put it in the show notes.
3: Because <laughs> it was, uh, it's one that I use. So I, I can't. I can't believe I can't think of it right now. <laughs> if I can't I'll let you know, if then I'll send it to yep. you afterwards. The, Sounds good. So you find, and these places have courses, and so the videography course. This is where my son's taking the videography course. Yeah. So I looked, typed in videography, and I had my list of everything that that he should know to right. apply for a job as a videographer. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of classes, and they can be specialized. And so I look at the teacher reviews, the student reviews, you know, the course reviews, how recent they are, things like that. Right. And if you find, and the other thing I kind of look for is a teacher that has several courses. So if you find a good teacher, you can stick with that same teacher, which really helps our kids.
2: Yes, absolutely.
3: Find someone. You know the
2: teaching and, style and types uh, of
3: I let requirements. Him, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I gave him a list of three or four. Like I wanted a general overview of videography for him. So I gave him a list of three or four suggested mm-hmm. which one I would take yeah <laughs> sorry I couldn't I had to I couldn't hold back I'll have to do that <laughs> better in the future and Then he chose chose one of the courses and he took it in that first seven-week period and he completed it and he liked it and so he's gonna because he still doesn't have an idea of what to do he's willing to continue to work on it because he likes videography huh. and so it's kind of so even if he's never going to do it he's learning stuff that he likes to do anyway.
2: That's great. Yeah. A lot of times if you give them that, that choice and that the, the buy-in is much higher because they know they chose it. And, and then if it ends up being something like you said, that I don't know if I'm going to use this or not, it, everything comes around. You just never know. And I think to reassure them, you just don't know, you know, maybe you pick this for another intention and, it's going to come up that maybe some job that you look, look at, this is going to be something they're going to require, even though you would never really use it a lot. Um, So, but yeah, always good to put a good spin on that and let them know that their, their work will never go to waste.
3: (laughs) Right. And the whole, the whole point of independence is making your own decisions. So you want at this stage, you, especially if they're already out of high school, Mm -hmm. or get close to it, you really want them to be making those decisions because they need to start owning their life. Yes. And it is very difficult for those kids who can't envision a future to own that (laughs) future. So it really helps to get them, you know, you're you're starting that, kicking them out of the nest kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Yep. Slowly and (laughs) very carefully. Um, Carefully
3: moving them toward that independence that you want and they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: It may be scary.
3: That's the other thing is it may be scary for you to think of your child going out into the world and being Mm -hmm. independent and being on their own. Right. That's kind of a separate issue from this. This is giving your child a way to support themselves, whether they're still at home or out in public. Those are kind of two separate things. Now, you can include Mm -hmm. life skills in this plan. If your child wants to move out on their own, then give them those life skills to do it, even if it never happens. because. If you think about it, when you once you got out of high school and you were out of your parents' home, all the decisions you got to make for yourself, whether they were good or bad, you know, you lived or died by your decisions. Right. I know I made several bad ones. (laughs) And it's but that's how you learn. So exactly. you, You have to let your child fail. But to help them to be the most helpful, they have to fail forward. You don't want them failing backwards where they get right. stretched and don't want to move mm-hmm. forward anymore. So when they yep. fail, you kind of set them up to fail forward into learning. Yes, yeah, exactly.
2: Because, yes, learning sometimes can be very painful. It's That's the most memorable learning we have. <laughs> so, so what about keeping track of progress? Um, and how do we, you know, how do you plan to do that? Or how are you doing that with both of your students?
3: For my son, your, my two-year, my scope and sequence is basically right. keeping track of his courses that he took online. And we're also doing remedial work. I didn't mention that. Oh, okay. Because he's not real strong in math. Mm-hmm. So, in those, so he's focusing heavily, intently, intensely on the core subject matter that he's learning the videography courses, but we're also doing remedial work alongside it at a slower Mm. pace just so that he can strengthen those skills at the end of two years. Hopefully he'll, he'll be more confident in those areas. Mm. So the plan is as we're going through, just keeping a list of it. And the reason you want to do that is it's basically your child's resume. Right. You don't. there are a lot of things, and videography was one of the things that doesn't require a college degree. It's mm-hmm. high school diploma is fine on most yeah. of the jobs. Some of the government jobs required it, but most of them, high school diploma was fine. Hmm. But if you can, on a resume, say, and these are all the courses I've taken and, alongside mm-hmm. the experience that your child has, right. and that will go a long way towards employment. Hmm. So that's why you want to keep track, even though you're, you're not required to, and you're not going to get grades for these things, and that's fine. But you can right. show coursework. You can list it on the resume as coursework, and then list out all the classes that are relevant to the job that you're applying to.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, that's that's great because yeah, and any help that, especially for a student, I know, um, just helping them to keep track of those things is is a lot of the. The difficult work usually for our kids that kind of struggle in that area. It's just, you know, can can we come alongside them and help just organize all of that information and put it into a neat and easy to read and convey um, way for them to share with others and to really be able to um, articulate what they know and what they've learned.
3: And that's a good point because along with the academic part of it or the career part of it or the You want to be working on the life skills, like that's Mm -hmm. called executive function. So, you want to be working on all those life skills that they'll need to be independent.
2: Yeah. So, what would you say as far as like um, then getting job experience?
3: Well, that's kind of the final step. But it can be happen at any time. It's the final step in the list, but it can happen any point along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's look for hands-on learning opportunities. For example, when I was in college, I always tried to get a job. I was putting myself through college, so I had to work. Mm-hmm. So I always tried to get at least one job that was or in or free internship, whatever, unpaid internship right. that related to my major to see if I really wanted to do it. Which oh, that's good. Me, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which helped me change my major. Right. <laughs> so, at one point, so I went from computer science to interior design. Oh. And I got a job designing beauty salons. There was a little design up on the board in our back back in the day before there was you know, online boards. You had oh, like yeah, a exactly. boards yep. in the hall. Yeah, uh-huh. right. yep, with a pin in <laughs> it. Yes. And it was on the board. And it was a woman who wanted someone to design beauty salons. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And for free, and that was fine, because I just mm-hmm. wanted the experience. And I realized during that process, she ended up opening three of them, and I designed all three of them for her. But I realized that you're just, unless you're really good at design, you're just going to be a yes man. That even yeah. if you think what they're doing is wrong, even if you don't like the colors, even if you think, you know, you're just a yes man. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm a creative. Yeah. I want to create and, mm. like... Move on. So, I so I realized very quickly that that wasn't what I wanted to do. But it was because I had that hands-on experience. So, don't Mm -hmm. be surprised if you give your child hands-on experience. That's one of the fastest ways to eliminate a career path. Mm Absolutely, get something related to it, and then you know you may not still not know what they want to do, but you'll definitely know what they don't (laughs) want to do. And that's how my my years in college. It was a process of eliminating what I didn't. I knew what I didn't want to do. Right. So that yeah. was that, that's another helpful way. it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be always moving to to something. you can just be moving away from something and that's right good enough
2: and that's good so, to yeah. know as a parent that that is progress um, a lot of times we see it as failure but but really it is um you know it's it's getting you closer to what eventually they will do um instead of going down this road that you know way too long that you could have diverted from before then and spent less time and energy and probably a lot of struggles along the way in trying to get your student to do something that they really truly didn't want to do so yeah great
3: advice but so and for like and for my son for example um so this could be things like it could be a paid job it could be an internship mm -hmm. either paid or unpaid volunteer work or it can just be a class that's classified as a fun class or a fun group oh, yeah. or a, mm-hmm. you can just be doing things with a, a group
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, like a club uh, yeah. that's related to it. For my son who just graduated from uh, college in finance, they had an investing club on campus hmm. and he was part of that. It was actually money. Someone donated to the university like millions of dollars and they had these wow. kids with a teacher monitoring it but actually investing that money in the stock market so they could get experience doing that
2: wow so
3: you can even look for clubs that relate to photography club a videography Mm -hmm. club the uh an investing club a lego club if they're doing engineering and building amazing how many they
2: have out there
3: yeah robotics the the lego clubs Mm -hmm. all those things and if they don't have one um In your area, start one. (laughs) You can can always start one. Because I know that's another issue that our our kids have is sometimes social interactions. So you could start a club related to Mm -hmm. that. And that might be a way to start developing friendships as well as shared experience. And if possible, don't be the person to lead the club. Let let your child experience learning from someone else. You may need to start it because I helped start several Mm -hmm. things. But I didn't have to... The reason I started the robotics club was I was teaching computer. I never told them that I flunked programming, but I was teaching oh. computer programming. <laughs> I was teaching computer science. It was a little bit. It was, it was the easy stuff. Okay, uh-huh. I could do the easy stuff. Uh, the, but they there's a group of students that wanted to start a robotics club, so the dads let it. I just put it together and started yeah. it, and then uh-huh. I was able to turn them over and let them. The dads like really got into it. And I was like, "Ooh, I'm stepping back." Mm -hmm. so you may have that opportunity to do that so yeah so get something started if there's not something um for him also i wanted him to create an etsy shop selling printables maybe get some of that graphic
2: experience Mm -hmm.
3: graphic design stuff he hadn't bought into that yet but we're working on it but the Mm -hmm. other thing about having a shop like that is learning business principles because if you're a videographer a lot of those jobs were self-employment you're a contractor Mm -hmm. so you have to learn how to basically manage yourself as a business yeah the the youtube channel same way since he already has the youtube channel to pick a topic and i want him to do because he's learning how to cook to be Ah. on his own so i want him to do like a cooking one (laughs) (laughs) or he also likes travel so a travel (laughs) channel and we live in an area that is full of history we have Missionary yeah. history, civil war history, the whole DC thing. We have like right is right here. Um They had bought into that yet either. So he, okay. so you have to get your child. I mean, if they don't yep, want give him to give them some
2: ideas, and yeah,
3: I would do travel. Stick if it wasn't <laughs> in my area because it's I can't do travel because I live here. And I'm like. Oh. No, that's how you start, because you live here. The whole reason to do it is because you live here. But right. But he, that's not the way he thinks, so I'm trying to honor that. I'm trying right. to. Right. Um, that's very kind of wise.
2: Yes. <laughs> that is really hard. I mean, it, it's hard being a parent of adult kids. And, you know, I'm in that same place, too, and. You, you can make suggestions, but really you have no control anymore. <laughs> and You just have to be as much influential and love them through, you know, just these paths that they, they take. And eventually they'll either... Find something that you never even thought of, or say, Oh, you know, I think you were right. (laughs) And either way, it's a long time coming. Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes.
3: That was one of the questions someone asked me when I was explaining how I did this uh, with my son. They they said, Well, but how do you ever motivate them to do that? Yeah. And that's that's tricky because. Like I said, once they're out of high school, they realize they don't have to do anything anymore except live off mom and dad. They, if they can think Mm -hmm. at that level, Um, right? I mean, it's comfortable. They get comfortable. Now, I will say this: my son had a traumatic experience toward the end of high school, so Mm -hmm. he really needed a year or two off after high school. He needed a gap year or two. So don't be afraid to don't think like you have to jump into all this stuff. If you're, if you're a child, you're as a homeschooler, you're probably a natural teacher anyway. You're probably like always teaching. As right. a matter of fact, my kids who, <laughs> when they were done, they mm-hmm. moved out of the house and they come back and I still want to do all the teaching stuff. And they're like, mom, stop momming me. Oh. <laughs> I have to stop momming my kids if it's really that teacher instinct. Right. Um, so the, the motivation comes from autonomy, being able to make their own decisions and yeah. really being able not being manipulated into it, not being mm-hmm. cajoled into it, and letting them fail, yeah. letting them see the consequences. You, again, because their thinking process, they can't always picture things. You have to explain in a gentle
2: yeah. way
3: mm-hmm. about the failures, because a lot of times, especially if your child has anxiety or OCD or whatever, mm-hmm. or they live in fight or flight mode, right. any kind of failure, any kind of a perceived threat is detrimental to the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do in that case is never ask, I've had to learn this, <laughs> never ask a direct question. Oh, that's, Yeah. <laughs> You Because that that sets off the fight or flight, especially in an area that's uncomfortable like Mm -hmm. your future and being independent and all the anxiety that goes with that and like Mm -hmm. how do I afford it and how can I live there? The other thing um, you can do to encourage this participation is this, and we had to do this, come up with a budget of how much it costs to live at home, (laughs) how much and reduced rent, like just – Mm-hmm. Ours, we decided on $200 would be rent if he was working and could pay for it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, how much would car insurance be if he was paying his portion? Right. How much of his the phone bill, the utilities, the internet? And this is just his portion of it, not right. on his mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. And what we did was as he starts working mm-hmm. and as he earns money, mm-hmm. he has to start paying us for some of those things. Ah. That is so he, because that whole idea, because his mind is all or nothing. Either I can work yeah. to live on my own or I can't. And if I can't, then I have all this money, I can spend it however I want. I'm like, right works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what we did was we came up with a budget and said mm-hmm. you know you're gonna start paying there's things he already pays for he like he has a dog and so he pays for the dog food and mm-hmm. he pays for his gas and he pays for you know his in- own discretionary entertainment spending kind of stuff eating out all that yeah but we're like okay when you get a, ch- a ch- paycheck you need to give us this much. you know pay off these little cheap things like the phone is like mm-hmm. 15 bucks for his portion right and um Pay us for the utilities, start paying for those cheaper things so that he gets the idea. And the very first time he ever did that, it was amazing. He was like, you could just see the pride in himself after being so uh, discouraged, seeing his brothers move out of the house hmm. and become independent. And he's still stuck at home. Right. Just, you know, you would not realize this, but making him pay his way, even that little bit. Right he just, he blossomed. It just mm. gave him a pride in himself that wasn't there before because he's always so discouraged about his struggles. Yeah. So yeah. I just, it's... it's Give him some ownership of... Yeah, don't be afraid life. to yeah. start charging mm-hmm. your child to live at home. And our intent is to um, hopefully put the money aside. And then yeah. when he's ready to move out, then he has a little... Chunk of money to save debt. pay and yeah, save up right. to start with mm-hmm. to buy a car to pay all the deposits on the apartments and any utilities mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Right. So there's a there's a whole plan behind it, but it's that that's how you get the buy-in is you let them own it, fail, and pay their way.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. This hour was a great conversation, Stephanie, on so many levels. I appreciate all that you've shared. Um, we only got a couple of minutes left and I'd love for you to share your websites and what people can find on there so they can connect with you and continue um, being encouraged and equipped by you. Okay,
3: thank you. Uh, well, one of them is right here, <laughs> elarplearning.com, and that's where my homeschool curriculum is. There's a freebie on there. It's I think it's freebie on the menu. You sign up, and you can see some of the curriculum in the shop there. And I explain the ELARP method and what it means and how it works and who it's for. And then I have another website called artofspecialneedsparenting.com. And it started out... Uh, One way, but I am slowly, especially coming into the new year, I will be changing that over to working primarily on functional life skills, especially for those with moderate intellectual disability and the life skills that the parents need when Uh they enter the special needs lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Because I have found that there's so many things I had to learn or relearn to do in a different way to Mm -hmm. accommodate the life of my special needs child now i had it easy because i had other children and so i had a you know a baseline right so i can compare and change and so my goal is to teach parents especially those who don't have those other kids to start from and you know that's that's Mm -hmm. really hard i I appreciate that and and all your parents have that so those are those are my two websites all right, yeah. So check out
2: parenting dot com and elarplearning.com dot com. Those are Stephanie's two sites, and we'll have those links plus some some of the other links that Stephanie talked about in our show notes. Whether you're listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube, and so that you can just click on those links and go right to that information. Um, and next week, we are going to kind of continue to talk about learning. Um, kind of wasn't my theme for the month, but it seems like that's where we are. Um, but Andrew F- um, Fan is going to come and talk about homeschool. Curriculum customization methods, and so we're going to dive into that a little bit next week. So you want to join us for that? But um, thank you, Stephanie, again for being on the show. If you haven't heard of heard any of other Stephanie's um, interviews, you'll have to go back on our YouTube channel or on the podcast and search for um, Stephanie Buckwalter. And um, we'll try to put links in the show notes as well for past interviews because Stephanie has a lot of wisdom to share, as you can tell. (laughs) So thanks again for being a guest. Appreciate you so much and um, all that you're doing. To encourage homeschoolers, especially in this realm of you know having children with intellectual disabilities um, and moderate disabilities, and just how to teach them um, with with honor and um, and honoring them for for who God made them to be. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, until next week, everyone, um, have an awesome week, and I'll see you back here, same time, same place, on Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Have a blessed week. Bye. <laughs> Take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.
1: This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer.
2: Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, Do you trust me?